You're listening to the Touch of Flavor podcast, episode 68. You're talking about putting your fuck parts in my head where my brain lives. You know, in nature, only a handful of creatures made for life. But isn't that, like, cheating? We can't do this 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Why not? The safety word is banana. It is so refreshing to be with someone who likes to fuck outside the box. This is the Touch of Flavor podcast. Dating and relationship advice by kinksters for kinksters. Join us as we tackle BDSM, sex, non-monogamy, and how to build extraordinary relationships in an ordinary world. And now your hosts, Cassie and Rigel. All right, folks, so today we're talking to Sherry Hardman. Uh, Sherry is a comedian. She actually got into comedy in her 50s, which I thought was super interesting. And we'll, we'll be talking about that a little bit during the show. Her body sassy style keeps audiences laughing with her about her experience as a plus-sized menopausal babe. We're going to be talking to Sherry today about a number of things, but mainly we're talking about body acceptance, about accepting yourself, body image, how to become more confident in yourself, in your body, so that you can attract other people. We're going to talk about self-esteem. Um, we're also going to talk quite a bit about the fat acceptance movement. We're going to talk about sex. We're going to talk about a whole bunch of great stuff. So without further ado, let's hop in. So can you tell me a little bit about your story and how you came to do comedy? And as I said you know, beforehand, like I got to check out some of your stuff and you talk a lot about like sex and body image and stuff like that. So how did you get into what you do? And uh, like, what kind of inspired you to get there? Okay, well, it's kind of interesting, because I didn't start doing comedy till I was 54. And I had a bucket list. And one of the items on the bucket list was to try an open mic once. In preparing for that, I watched some videos on YouTube, and found a guy that taught comedy. And I went down to Vegas and and attended one of his classes. So I got to do my first open mic on the Vegas Strip at Treasure Island. Wow. How did how did that happen? There's a lot. There's a lot just in that there. So first off, what made you decide that you wanted to do like what made you decide to put that on your bucket list? I don't think that's typically a bucket list item for most people. Well, I've always been a comedy fan. You know, like I love Joan Rivers. I loved like old Roseanne, just all stand up comedy. And I had a friend who was a stand-up comedian, and I would go see her. And I think that might have kind of inspired me to want to try it. And how did you wind up doing your, like, so you, you're like, okay, this is like my bucket list thing. I want. And how exactly did you wind up doing it in Vegas? I feel like I missed like three steps there. <laughs> okay. So I started um, watching YouTube videos, and there was one by a guy named Jerry Corley. It was like how to write certain number amount of jokes in a certain amount of minutes. I forget the exact numbers. I don't want to misquote like 50 jokes in 10 minutes or something like that. And so I watched his method of joke writing and I was like, Oh, I can, I can do this. And then I saw he was having a workshop in Vegas. It was a two day workshop. You're there during the day. Then the first night you got to do an open mic and it just happened to be held at treasure Island on the strip. So Wow, that's quite a quite an entry. I know it's kind of like pow, there you go. And uh, he said that I was really good and that I should do it, and that was just enough to make me go, oh, okay, I will. That's pretty awesome. So, what got you kind of getting into joking around like 
sex and and stuff like that because I feel like there's I feel like a lot of comedians talk about sex but it seems like for many it's more of like the side factor and for you or like a lot of the stuff that I saw like you dive right in like it's something that you're not very shy about that's just my personality like that's just me you know I'm just a dirty old lady I've always liked dirty jokes I've never been very filtered People are always saying TMI to me, you know, TMI, Sherry, TMI. So that's just kind of who I am as a person. We seem to have both found ourselves in positions where uh, TMI is a career benefit rather than a detriment. (laughs) Exactly. See? I guess you find the work, right? Right. Exactly. So, hey. What did you do before comedy? Well, my day job is I, I actually work at a high school. Really? Yeah, I am a paraeducator at a high school. That's quite a quite a jump from that into stand-up comedy. Yeah, it's kind of funny. I'll tell a bunch of dirty jokes on stage and then say, during the day I work at a high school, and that usually gets quite a reaction. Has that ever gotten like dragged up into your day job? Or is that something you could talk about? Well, I try to keep them as separate as I can, but the students do know that I'm a comedian and they're always trying to find me on YouTube. But at at school, I go by Miss Sherry. So most of them don't know my last name. So that keeps me safe from them checking me out. But one student did find me and then he tried a YouTube channel for five bucks, but nobody wanted to buy it. (laughs) (laughs) kids are enterprising man we uh yeah yeah uh we 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 had ours recently who uh got got very into selling chocolate bars at school like scary scary businessy like yeah he uh, was like so i figured out how to get rid of these candy bars because he was selling them for his team and he was like Mm -hmm. so the first thing he did is he went to school on Valentine's Day and brought little tiny note cards with like him. Like index cards, like three by five index yeah, cards. Yeah, like, like a pack of them. And went up to guys that he figured probably forgot it was Valentine's Day so they could buy a couple of candy bars. And he was like, yeah, if you buy three candy bars from me, I'll also give you the index cards so you can write your girlfriend a note for Valentine's Day so she doesn't think that you forgot her. And then he was like, my wow. next step was tomorrow, I'm going to hit up the stoner kids. <laughs> Because you know they want the chocolate. <laughs> They're enterprising at that age, man. That's great. He tried to sell it, though. That's yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I understand that you do a lot of stuff around around body positivity and things like that. What what kind of brought that up for you? Well, I'm a big woman. I you know I weigh over 300 pounds, so I kind of have to address it. First of all, you have to address my size because. If I don't, people are looking at each other going, does she know she's fat? You know, so it's kind of like the, the, that's kind of comedy 101. If there's anything unusual about your appearance, address it right away. Okay. So that starts it. And I mean, when you're a fat person, one of the biggest coping mechanisms you learn is uh, if you make the joke first, then they're not going to make fun of you. So that's how that all started. Yeah. Is that something that you really started talking about in comedy? Like, is that what that kind of brought up talking about that for you? Or is that something that you, you 
talked about before. Well, it's just a coping mechanism. I've always, you know, if there's an opportunity to make a fat joke about myself, like as a young person, especially when you're, I don't want to say not used to your body, but when you're, you're learning about your body and how the world's treating you about your body. I mean, that's just a classic thing to make self-deprecating jokes because it hurts less when someone else makes a joke about you if you if you started it. That's just a coping mechanism. And then you kind of took that into comedy. Well, yeah, just I try to bring it now into, it's not just a big body, it's a big, beautiful body. And you can love it, and men men love it, and I love it. And, I, you know, so I still make some self-deprecating jokes, but I also make my, I say my husband had never been with a big woman before. He looked at me like I was a unicycle, like, he knew he wanted to write it. He just wasn't quite sure how, you know? And so I, I bring that kind of stuff into it too. Like, I think it's important. I think there are a lot of people with body issues and it's hard to not feel less than. So let's, let's just start feeling more than, you know? Yeah. You know, it's funny. I don't know what, how much, if any time you've spent around like the you know, kind of the more sex positive scene, the kink scene, the like, you know, like non-monogamy scene. But I think one thing that surprises a lot of people is when people are kind of coming from, I guess, not really having a background except for like media stuff, you know, and, and like stuff that's depicted in movies and that kind of thing. I think they really go in expecting that it's going to be a space that like only, uh, for lack of a better word, like classically beautiful people are in. Right. And, you know, and I think a lot of people, especially people who struggle with body image, you know, are are concerned initially and, and only to find that these spaces are filled with people who look like normal people. And it's not like what you see in TV. It's like what you see walking down the street. I think that comes as a, it's like a worry and then kind of like a shock for a lot of people when they realize that, like a good shock. Right. Well, I was, you know, heavily involved in the fat acceptance movement, going to, you know, BBW dances, BBW's Big Beautiful Woman. There's a lot of sex positive stuff that goes on there. Okay. And I was actually really surprised by that, that it was, I was always getting approached to, to go to events, you know, swinger events or, you know, that kind of stuff. And I, I guess I kind of already knew that. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't. It's it's an interesting thing. Yeah, I think it comes down to that idea of if I don't fit the stereotypical mold of things that... I'm not sexually worthy. And you seem like you've moved past that quite a bit and are pretty empowered. What kind of got you there and might help some of our listeners, like as far as if they're in their journey and they're feeling, feeling self-conscious like about their bodies, what, what has helped you out that might help them out? Well, I think it was the fat acceptance movement that really did it, you know, going to NAFA events, going to other BBW events and looking around and seeing all these other big, beautiful people and having people be attracted to me and to them. And it was like a whole new world. It was, uh, it's very empowering just to know that, you know, cause I mean, in my family, fat was a bad thing. And so looking around and like, wow, everybody is like me here and everybody's happy and having fun and men think we're beautiful and women think we're beautiful. And that's really where it all started. You know, it's coming to a place where you can be accepted and although, okay, it might start from outside myself, it eventually now it comes from inside myself. I don't know if you have watched the show Shrill on Hulu. No, no. I don't think either of us have. 
It's brand new. It's out. It's called Shrill. And there's a scene. Uh, it's about a big girl. It's uh, the one girl that's all on Saturday Night Live. She's a bigger girl. And, it, and it's all about her coming to terms and accepting her body. And there's a scene where she goes to a BBW pool party. And at first, she doesn't want to take off her clothes. She sees all the other women in their bathing suits. And I've talked to a lot of big women, and they say that scene makes them cry. It's very emotional to see a woman like, like literally shedding her clothes and coming into herself. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So you've you've talked quite, you know, you, you you've referenced a few times the fat acceptance movement. Could you talk a little more about that for people who might not be familiar with what that is? Um, it's you know there are different. I don't I don't know. I, I want to say branches, but that's not the word I'm trying to come up with. Uh, the other thing that I deal with is that I'm old, and so sometimes. I'm like a menopausal woman who can't remember what she was going to say, but you know, there's dating. So there's like BBW dating things, but there's also like political stuff, ADA stuff. So there's like advocates that work, work for equal rights for people who are of size. So there's a lot to it more than just, but there's also the let's go here and see that we're beautiful people that are worthy of everything else that everybody else is worthy of. So we have a common theme on this show when people are talking about being more accepted with themselves and it tends to be fine community. That seems to be like a theme that we see quite often, which is, you know, I think it's something we around. talked to Luke about actually. Yeah. And Andy and a bunch of people. It, it's it's super important. No, yeah, I think it's super important. You know, I mean, self-esteem comes from the inside, but finding your your tribe or your people or your acceptance from the outside certainly helps to bring a person around to loving themselves, you know? Yeah. So like, how did you, so it sounds like there's kind of like more of a community end and more like a political end. How did you get involved in the community end of things? Like, is that something you found online or how'd you, how'd you wind up getting wrapped up in that? Oh my gosh. It was so long ago. So it would have been, would it have been before online? Yeah, it would have been before online. It would have been like uh, The Stranger, Little Nickel One ads, you know, kind of back in the day when that's how we found stuff, you know, newspaper ads and people would have a dance and just went to a dance, a NAFA dance and uh, start meeting people. And then you're in the network, you know. Yeah, I, I do know. I think it sounds kind of familiar. You know, back when we got involved in like the alternative community around here, it was online was just kind of like starting. Yeah, I mean, not the internet, but but like stuff being online was just starting. It was like basically you had to get invited to one thing, and then once you're in, you were in, and then you, right. you know, then you knew everybody, and you knew all the events, and you got invited to more and more stuff. What's NAFA? You've said that a couple times. Uh, it's the I hope I say it right. National Association to Advance Fat Acceptance. And is that like a place that has like different, like where people can find like community events and that kind of stuff or? Yeah. And I think they are more political than, um, it, it's a nonprofit, you know, civil rights organization. So what are some of the things that someone who's a bigger body person comes up against that they may need support from like an organization like that? Well, a lot of times there may be like, like I have mobility issues because my knees are really bad. And so, you know, ADA issues with toilets that aren't doable or parking spaces, any, any like um, ADA, you know, disability stuff for sure. Workplace discrimination. That's a big one. Trying to get that as a 
disability, something that like you can't discriminate against someone because of a lot of things, but it's still okay to discriminate because someone's fat. Even like in the comedy scene, you know, there are safe rooms and there are certain things that you can't stay, but then still fat jokes, like making fun of fat people all the time. Yeah, there, there's lots of stuff there. You know, there's also like, well, I mean, that's just a personal issue, but just like, just trying to find a bra for God's sake. <laughs> it's, it's impossible. I cannot find a bra in my size. That's just irritating. So you had mentioned wanting to be a role model for fat little girls in, in one of the skits that I saw. Can you tell us a little bit about why and why you think that's important? Well, because when little boys are fat, you know, people will say, oh, you could be a football player. You can be a wrestler. You know, they get encouragement. Nowadays, they even tell fat little boys they could be president. <laughs> but I'm bummed. That's a joke. No, yeah. <laughs> no, fat little girls, fat little girls don't get that kind of encouragement. You know, it left me feeling like I didn't have any choices for my life. Or maybe, maybe I had two choices. I could be really smart. Or I could be a hoe. I was an overachiever. I chose both. I did. Now I'm doing a bit here, but and it's like uh, I mean, I say in my act that I uh, I graduated with honors while simultaneously deflowering the entire chest team. <laughs> but uh, but really, I, I really you're a good fit for this show. Like, um, yeah, <laughs> I did. I did feel like there. <laughs> so even today, I could win a game of Jeopardy with a dick in my mouth and one in each hand. Definitely a good fit for this show. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're in the right place. I mean, it might sound like, I'll take geography, it's 200, Alex. I can answer it in the form of a question. That's what's important. I'm not sure the Jeopardy is the important thing in that scenario. <laughs> <laughs> that's because you have a penis yeah. and that's all you think. <laughs> so, yeah, so I know Cassie had mentioned to me, and I, I hadn't actually seen the skit, but she said that you actually have a, and maybe that was it, I'm not sure. That you have a skit that you do for little girls? Was that was that the no? Okay, I was gonna say I, that seems like that took a hard left turn. If that was the I know, but yeah. I, I think figured you had a not, misunderstanding. Cassie was nodding at me a little bit. I was like that. That was a hard left turn on that skit. If that's what that was, it's about being a fat little girl. That's not necessarily for fat little girls, but 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 I, mean, I still stand by the statement that. You know, I mean, and the other part of the skit, and this is just true, is that when you are young, you're growing up and you look at media and you don't see any fat people. I mean, luckily, we do have some fat role models out there right now. Like when I was little, it was Mama Cass, you know, from the Mamas and the Papas. Who do fat little girls have to look up to? You know, they have the girl from Precious and Oprah and Sat Galifianakis, but that's about it. (laughs) You feel like that situation's gotten better somewhat? Well, actually, you know, with the with the show This Is Us, there's a big girl on that show, and um, now with the this new show came out that I Shrill that I talked about, maybe maybe it is going to get better. I don't know. They still want women to be thin, though, so I don't know. You know, I, one thing that I think is really interesting that I'd I'd love to try and you know is we kind of are in a space and have an audience who is in the sex positive space. And one of the things when you're talking about, you know, sex and sex positivity, body image really comes, you know, becomes a big thing for a lot of people. And, you know, it becomes an anxiety for a lot of people. And, and, uh, you know, it causes a lot of, uh, I hate to use the word dysfunction, but it's the one that comes to mind for me right now. 
you know, but to where people are are afraid to express themselves. They're afraid, you know, you're talking about the show with the scene with the pool party, which I'm going to have to find that that skit and I'll put it in the show notes. I actually haven't seen it, but I think that kind of thing and, and that struggle with body image, you know, a lot of people struggle with when they're trying to be more sex positive and be more sexual and, you know, be themselves. And Especially when they're trying to find like a new mate. Yeah. Dating, you know, is a big one. And it, uh-huh. it sounds, it sounds like you've done, I mean, you know, even down to the joke about the chess team, right? Like it sounds like that's something that you've managed to address for yourself very well throughout your life. I'm curious if you have a few tips on how you've done that, that you think would be helpful to other people. My biggest tip is that people are attracted to confidence. Uh, I go out like with my normal size girlfriends and they can all be single and I can be married and I'm monogamous. So I'm not out looking for someone. I'm just there kind of as a, you know, cheerleader or whatever. And I'll always be the one that gets hit on because I'm comfortable with myself and I'm, I have the confidence and people are drawn to that. So you kind of have to, I think, address that first. If you are feeling bad about yourself, why is somebody else going to be feeling good about you? There's a lot of self-work that has to go into it first. The other thing is, don't be with people who say bad things about you. Getting in relationships with people who say bad things about you or about your body or whatever is the fastest way to feel shitty about yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of a friend who had a guy reach out to her. She, she was telling us a story about she had a guy reach out to her who was like, you know, like basically, uh, and this is somebody who's in a power exchange and, you know, like I'd, I'd, I'd like to be, you know, your master. I'd like you to move in with me and this and that and the other and this and, you know, the, but the first condition is you have to lose blank amount of pounds. And she was like, and, you know, she was like at the time, she's like, you know, I was, I think she said she was looking to lose weight at the time. She's like, you know, like it's something I was, I was interested in, I was working on. She's like, but I wasn't going to put myself in that situation. Like I knew I didn't need that around me. You know, like that kind of person mm-hmm. who would just upfront approach me like that. Yeah. You want someone in your life who's going to encourage you to do things that are good for you, obviously. Right. Like, but there's a difference between encouragement and degrading someone for who they are. And I think finding good support people who are willing to be like, if you say, hey, I'm trying to lose weight or, hey, I'm trying to do this, that they're going to be like, sure, and not necessarily handing you a piece of pie. But like, if, you know, you're happy with your body or even if you are trying to lose weight or you're trying to do something about it, having someone who is basically telling you that you're unworthy unless you're something else is never, never a positive thing. No, not at all. And I mean, I, I think there are also a lot of, and I, you know, I, I probably need to adjust my language because I'm, you know, a straight person who says things in a straight way. So adapt everything I say to your own particular circumstance. Yeah, but it's fine. People I, can do it on it, the fly. You know, right. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. In, in my in my in my particular case, because of the way society is, and I truly believe this, a lot of men are attracted to big women. But because society doesn't say that that's okay, it kind of takes the form of uh, harassment. So I think a lot of times men that make remarks about fat women really just want to have sex with them. And then they're the type of guys that will go for big women in the dark and not, they'll come over for a booty call, but they won't go out in public with you kind of thing. That happens a lot. I, I don't think any any person should fall into that kind of relationship because it's disrespectful so yeah and I think that that goes into 
gender stereotypes. We're getting into stereotypes because mm-hmm. there are people who are on the fringes and everything else. For a lot of cisgender men, there is, I'm going to pick on right. you a little bit. I'm looking at you, Rigel. There is the the ego aspect of who you date and who you're with. And there's almost like that association with status. Like if I am with, you know, the person who looks like a model, then I am, I've done the uh, the thing and I'm I'm now achieved the right kind of woman. But it's always interesting when you look at like different societies and different things like that, because you look at medieval times and like bigger women, because, you know, you had to have been from a home that, you know, you didn't, you know, you weren't starving to death to be somebody who was full body figured. That was considered beautiful because that was a status thing. So I do think that men fall into this thing of of trying to find mates that fall into what the status quo is for achievement of like the good woman. And I'm doing air quotes on the good woman. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Now, this is where having people of different genders on this podcast gets interesting. So do you not think, and, and by you, I'm, I'm both you, both of you guys are fine to answer this, but do you not think that's true vice versa? Cause like I, I, huh, this is something I really want to think about. Cause I feel like a lot of times maybe it's, maybe it's, maybe it's not status so much in a body specific type of way. So men, it's beauty, cisgender women and women around society. That is money. doesn't matter what the guy looks like. If you're dating Bill Gates, it doesn't matter if he looks like, you know, nothing. Like it doesn't matter. Like it's, it's about more of the, you know, you've achieved if you're, if, if you've got a sugar daddy at home, like that's, that's, Mm -hmm. I mean, stereotypical kind of thing. So for men, it's, it's finding the, you know, beautiful side piece, uh, token, uh, trophy wife, etc. And for women, it's the, the guy that's the provider who has the money, who has the power that way. That's just, that's my opinion. I agree too. Well, and look at like, like typically on the media, just like say the show King of Queens, Kevin James and Leah Remini, right? So uh, there are a couple other shows that have like a big fat husband and a young pretty wife. But do you ever see like a big fat older wife and a young hot husband? Like never. And I'm using hot and, you know, stereotypically what society thinks is hot. See, it's, yeah, yeah. I think, I think that's kind of a given with this part of the discussion that we're having right now. And it's, it's, it's interesting to me because that's not true in the media, but I see plenty of that in real life. I think it's one of those things where maybe the media portrayal isn't, uh, doesn't match up to the reality of, of where there's like big mismatches on, on that end in real relationships. So it's an interesting discussion. Speaking of which, you're talking about how do you pronounce her name from King of Queens? Leah Remini. Yeah, I am. I am actually in the middle of watching an interview with her that she did with Joe Rogan on Scientology. That's very enlightening. We've been on a Scientology kick the last uh, the last few days. We watched we watched yeah. Going Clear. Listeners, do not think that we are joining the Church of Scientology. That is not what we're doing. <laughs> it's just been an interesting thing to uh, check out. Yeah, so her, her whole show and on that is just fascinating. Yeah, that's my next. Uh, that's my next. My next watch. So, so you you'd said you'd said a little while back that I, I actually want to step back because I think that the, the topic that we were going down was pretty interesting. But you had said that you know before you can appear beautiful to somebody else, you have to 
be able to build your own confidence and accept yourself. And that's something that you've talked about a few times. How how might somebody go about doing that? Like if we have somebody listening who's like, you know, like I want that kind of confidence, like maybe I'm a bigger person. And I, I actually don't think this is particularly a body image thing, but like, you know, like I want that kind of confidence so I can be more attractive. I have, you know, maybe it's something with my body or maybe it's something else that I'm self-conscious about. You know, how can I get comfortable with that and get confident so that I, I can take that next step to try and attract other people? How might somebody go about doing that? Find somebody that's got what you want and hang out with them. You know, like somebody who's got confidence or who's got whatever it is that you want, figure out how they got it. Ask them, talk to them. I mean, being around big, beautiful women made me really like, I mean, you know, my mom's a big woman and my mom is gorgeous. You know, she always felt bad about herself when she was big, but still, I, I still saw her as just a beautiful woman, you know? And so then when I met other big women later who didn't feel that bad about themselves, that's where I started realizing that, oh, okay, it's, it's okay to be okay with this, you know? So I would say no matter what it is, yeah, role models are great way to start. And I mean, you know, you can do little exercises like watching yourself naked in the mirror and all that kind of stuff. And that, that can go either way, you know, <laughs> I mean, it really can. So hopefully at some point, like I now am comfortable looking at myself naked, but for many years, no, I wasn't. But when I was having sex with somebody else, I always felt skinny. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? What do you mean by that? That is interesting. I never thought about my fat when I was having sex with someone. I don't know why. I feel like that's a place a lot of people would like to get. Not and not not weight even specifically, but I think like whatever whatever they feel negatively about themselves. Like I'm not short. I'm not. Yeah, like being like like you know like during sex to not be self conscious about that. I think a lot of people would like to get there. Well, and I wouldn't even know how to. T- I mean, to me, it's just like let's enjoy the moment. Let's not worry about our neuroses right now. You know, the <laughs> sex is good. <laughs> So one of the things that you said as far as like surrounding yourself, and I can't remember, Rigel, you're probably gonna have to help me with this, but you are... The product of the five people you spend the most time around. Yes. So I think, you know, definitely with what you were saying, as far as confidence, being around other confident people will make you confident. We often hear that that saying when we're around trying to make ourselves better in business or better at an activity. But we don't really talk about it as far as like self being self-conscious or like building self-esteem. But I, I think that's true. When you're around people who are confident, when you're around people who are secure with themselves, you start to feel more secure and you start to feel more confident. Well, I think so, because if we spend time with people who are just commiserating with us, you know, and complaining about our bodies or whatever it is, oh, I'm so fat and I, I hate this and I hate that about myself. Well, that's all you're going to think about. You got to be around people who are not thinking that way. I mean, we all have moments of doubt and I'm sure we all have things that we would like to change. I mean, I've got this crusty, like old lady toenail all of a sudden that I never used to have. And it, that bothers me more than anything else, you know, so I'm kind of laying low on the sandals right now, but I'm not going to like obsess over it and let it ruin my summer. You know, I know that has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but it kind of does. No, it kind of so. does. I agree. Like I said, because I think a lot of this stuff, you know, I think I think some of what we're talking about is weight specific. And but I think that some of it is is general confidence stuff or stuff for anybody who has something with their their body that they're uncomfortable about, which I think is pretty much everybody <laughs> at the end of the day. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that was something I was going to add as, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a smaller person, right? And one of the things that I've had to say to clients of mine when they're talking to me about their relationships, talking about sex, is skinny girls are self-conscious too. Like it's, it's not, I don't think that this is, is, you know, it might be something different, but I think mm-hmm. us as human creatures, we're always beating ourselves up over something. Like, I don't think we're ever... Until we we'll get find past, something. Yeah, we'll find something to be mm-hmm. unsatisfied with ourselves with. And it comes down to if you're unsatisfied with something, what is it that you want to do with this? Do you want to learn to accept yourself? Do you want to try to improve it? Like what, what, where do you want to go from here? And pursuing that path rather than staying in a place of being unhappy and being unsatisfied, like choosing what path you're going to go down. No, that's good. I agree with that. I don't think it, it's not necessarily about size. We all have something we don't like or have to learn to accept or lo- learn to love. So do you have any any tips for how to talk to or deal with people who maybe are being shitty about your weight or anything along those lines? Like, is that something that you address? Do you just not hang out with those people? Do you say something to them? Let me think about it. I'm trying to think like the last time somebody said something shitty about my weight. I'd have to go back years. Uh, you know, actually, this has been empowering is as a comedian doing roasts where you're roasting each other. And so, you know, that people are going to say the worst thing about you that they can think of. And you have to really be in a good place to be able to accept that, you know, so that that's totally different. But it actually has kind of helped because I have to think of like, OK, I have to be prepared. Like, what's the worst thing they're going to say about me? And it's never as bad as what I thought of. But as for just in the general public, dealing with people, what I notice more than anything, though, is people don't like it when I call myself fat. They don't like that word. Oh, you're not fat. Well, okay, yeah, I weigh over 300 pounds. I am fat. But people don't like to hear that word. I think they think it's that I'm putting myself down. And to me, it's, it's not an insult. It's just a descriptor. Is that something that's specific to you or is that like kind of a more general thing in the fat acceptance space? That That's a general thing. And I even notice I have jokes where if I say I'm fat, the audience, their buttholes tighten right up. Like <laughs> I, I, that's something I'm actually trying to work out as far as getting my audience to be comfortable with me calling myself fat. That's, that's interesting. interesting. But you're saying that that's something that that's not really personal to you. Like feeling like that word shouldn't be stigmatized, I guess, is the best way to put it. Right. And I and I think that there are a lot of other, you know, I, I know a lot of other big people who've had the same experience. And so most of the groups, like on Facebook or wherever, they use the word fat for sure, just because that's that's our word. You know, that's our N word. <laughs> you know, I guess the is. fact that it's in the title of fat acceptance movement should be a clue. On that route, yeah. yeah. But I don't get a lot of I don't get a lot of people saying stuff about my fat that I you know they don't say it to my face anyway or anywhere I can see it. You know, I'm I'm curious, and I don't know if you have any experience with this or not, but like you know because we we deal a lot with romantic relationships, and I'm I'm curious as to how this kind of you know how to kind of approach this in some ways from a relationship standpoint. I mean, clearly, I think if you're first getting involved with somebody. You know, you're going out and you're dating. 
Like, I think, you know, I think we talked about it a little bit already, but I think probably kind of the golden rule there is not to date people who don't accept you for who you are, just flat out. I mean, I think that's probably, I, I'd imagine that that's probably quite a struggle for some people, like, especially if they're already struggling with self-esteem and it's like, well, you know, we do a lot of relationship coaching and that kind of stuff, but we at certain points have done dating coaching. And, you know, I, I think that for people, people in general get in this thing where when they have a hard time finding partners, they start to take whatever comes along. And I think that for people who, you know, if they're struggling with self-esteem, you know, it can be a, a um, you know, because usually you talked about confidence, usually self-esteem and your ability to attract partners are pretty related, right? So mm-hmm. if you're uncomfortable about something about yourself, you're going to have a harder time finding people. And, you know, and then when you do find somebody and they're, they're unaccepting of who you are, I think it's probably hard for some people to be like, yeah, but this isn't somebody I should date, right? Like, it's easy getting like that scarcity mindset of, well, this is the option that I have kind of a thing. And I think, I think you're totally correct about that. So maybe that's not a good time to be dating if you're not, if you're not ready, because that's what you are going to attract. If you don't like yourself, you're going to attract people that don't like you either. Yeah, and I think I think where it gets to be a you know more interesting conversation in some ways is how to approach if you're already in a relationship. And kind of the the thing in my mind where I see that potentially coming up is for somebody who, you know, maybe they're with a partner and their body changes, and and now there's you know so you're already with this person and now they're they're not accepting you for who you are. And how to how to kind of deal with that? I don't know. Is that something you've experienced at all, or talked to other people who have experienced? I'm curious as to what would be a way to approach that. Well, you know, that's kind of funny because you know some people believe that you know having a lot of excess weight is like a, a psychological thing, and so they're always trying to get you to like try to figure out why you got fat, you know. And I think for me, if that's true, which I don't believe that it is, but if it was. I watched my my dad be nice to my mom when she was thin and be rude to her when she was fat because she went up and down a lot. So in my head, I was never going to be with a man like that. And I think part of me always stayed fat because I was going to meet a man when I was fat so that he could never. Now I have heard of people having the opposite, like um, men that are attracted to big women. And then when the woman loses weight, her husband doesn't like that anymore so it goes both ways but here's the deal like okay well what if you lost a limb or you're a man and your hair falls out I mean shit's gonna happen to all of us so if someone doesn't accept you for the way you are totally I don't know I see I'm just kind of like uh, if it doesn't work don't try to work it just move on yeah I think there's I think there's a balance there I think I mean I think uh you know, I think for a lot of people, you know, especially people who have been in in relationships for a while and are entangled and invested, you know, I, I don't think necessarily the first sign of, of trouble you you want to uh, you want to move on. I think that's honestly a big part of our conversation with people, right? Like we talk to a lot of people who are, you know, they, they've been together for years and they're, you know, now they've come up with a challenge and they're struggling and you don't want to just cut ties at the first sign. But there's also a point of, you know, if it's unhealthy for you, it's unhealthy for you. And certainly if you're in a situation where your partner just refuses to accept you for who you are and you've, you know, you've tried and, you know, you've put in and and they're just not accepting for who you are, that becomes an unhealthy environment for you. And that's not something you want to stay in forever by any means. Yeah. You want to find someone who, if you're with that person, that 
they're going to stick it out with you regardless of if there is a change, right? Like you were talking about the the either getting getting heavier or getting skinnier and, and that Losing impacted. a limb. And- yeah, like you want to be with somebody that you know that is going to have your back, is going to be there whether or not those things change. And I think ideally that's what most of us are looking for is somebody who's going to accept us and love us regardless of, of those changes. Right. Well, and the, you know, I mean, the other thing is too, it's like, if you really think about it, like, okay, unless you're like really like attracted to really elderly people, our partners are all going to turn into something that we're not attracted to at some point. Right. This is true. They do keep getting younger. <laughs> Uh, we were, who were we having that discussion about the other day? You were Cassie was talking about somebody being cute. Oh, the uh, Doja Cat. Yeah, Doja Cat's hot. Cassie was watching one of her music videos and like she's like she's cute. I'm like you realize they keep getting younger. They keep getting younger. She's 23. <laughs> well, you know, Doja Cat's hot though, and she's legal. So um, I'll keep I'll keep looking at Doja Cat shaking her booty. I'm all right with that. No, but that is that you is know, a, that is a good point, though. Well, I always think of it this way because, like, sometimes you know, like I'll be reminiscing about something that happened in the past, and then I'll realize, like, I still feel like the same person, but like I was fourteen and the guy was sixteen, and I'm, and then I'll realize, like, I'm fantasizing about a sixteen-year-old boy. That's gross because he was sixteen at the time, you know. <laughs> but then now, but then I realize, oh my god, that guy is like a sixty-year-old man now. There's like. Some 60-year-old guy named Chuck that has finger-banged me somewhere <laughs> while roaming around in the world, you know, and that's that's kind of gross, too, so I don't know. <laughs> Fantasizing's okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny, though. Yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, well, that's, that's a whole, almost a whole other discussion, so... <laughs> Well, I mean, see, and, and then there's people like me who find Anthony Hopkins, like, hot. Like, I thought... And Doja Cat. You've got the, the opposite yeah, ends yeah, of the spectrum. Yeah, like, I want a little girl and a daddy. Like, no, um, but... <laughs> so <laughs> but people are going to take you seriously on that. I'm not I'm not serious, guys. But seriously, like, there, there are... I, I think that there are plenty of people who find beauty in all types. And I think it's finding... That's true the people who are going to embrace you rather than trying to fit yourself into a box that somebody else has as their standard. That's right. So are you ready for our speed round? Oh, Lord. Okay. (laughs) All right. So the idea is you're going to answer the questions as fast as you can, and there is no right or wrong answers. So what is something you're not very good at? Uh, Housekeeping. Best piece of relationship advice you've ever received? The best way to have a good relationship is to have no expectations. What are three things you couldn't live without? My phone, panty liners, and a good bra. What turns you on? Oral sex. Tell me something that's true that almost nobody agrees with you on. Almost nobody agrees with me. Uh, You should never blow your nose in a restaurant when people are eating. Because I will shout out how gross that is and that you should go to the bathroom to do take care of your business. A book you would recommend to our listeners? Codependent No More. What is your biggest fear? Plunging off the side of a bridge in my car and drowning trapped in my car. What's the 
Sorry, that one got me off guard. I was like, yeah, that is terrifying. What is <laughs> what is the most adventurous thing you've ever done? It can be sexual or not sexual. There's so many things. I go to Vegas by myself all the time. That's kind of adventurous. I've also done a strip tease on Auburn Way. That was kind of adventurous too. So Yeah, I wanted to hear not, your answer. You're not first, from around here, but, but I was gonna be like open mic in Vegas. Like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty adventurous. Absolutely. Who is your movie slash TV star crush? Bradley Cooper. What's something that you're working on right now that our listeners should know about? I'm just working on a lot of comedy. I'm trying to, I'm trying to move to Vegas. So I want everybody to just wait for me to move there and then come see me. If people want to see you, uh, see your comedy stuff, where can they? Uh, SherryHardman.com. That's spelled C-H-E-R-I and then Hardman. And a YouTube. I have a YouTube channel. I have a show on YouTube called Heavy Petting. That is amazing. Yeah, we ha- we go, we have pets, and we also discuss heavy petting of the human kind. So it's fun. That is amazing naming. I'm, I'm super happy with that. That's great. And that's for like, it helps like get animals adopted, but also you get to talk about sex, right? Yes. Isn't that the best of both worlds? That's pretty great. Okay, and we kind of just touched on this, but where can our listeners find you online? Well, we have SherryHardman.com. You can find me on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Sherry Haha Hardman. And then on Instagram and Twitter, I am Sherry. Mm-hmm. It's two M's, H-M-M. So we will uh, we'll put the link to that in the show notes as well. All right. Well, thank you for coming on the show with us. Well, this was a lot of fun. It was nice meeting you. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in today. If you want to see the show notes for this episode, you can do so at atouchofflavor.com forward slash 068. I'm going to put links to some of Sherry's stuff in there, uh, including a couple of her shows and things like that that are pretty funny. So check that stuff out and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Touch of Flavor podcast, where we're building relationships outside of the box. Got a question about kink, power exchange, or open relationships that you've been holding on to for years? This is the place to ask it. Submit your question at atouchofflavor.com slash ask, or leave us a voicemail at 833-ASK-TOF1.